Mr. Carrado is so plush. Hi, guys. Hey. Thanks for coming back and listening. We hope everybody's doing okay out there, staying safe. Yeah, we hope you're all staying safe. And we just wanted to remind you of um, our link tree and the resources that are in there. There are places to donate and um, petitions to sign Black-owned businesses that you can take a look at and yeah. And on our Instagram, on our story and in our feed, we're sharing work by Black creators. So we hope that you check that out and continue to support Black people in the arts as well, because that's also really important. Yeah, definitely. And it's important to remember that even if things seem to be dying down on social media, that doesn't mean we need to stop caring. And there's actually like still a lot of stuff going on. We're still like seeking justice for like Breonna Taylor. And there are just still a lot of people who haven't seen justice and there's a lot of injustice happening. Yeah, commitment to being anti-racist is a lifelong one and it's important to just put in practical steps and things that you can do forever to be dismantling this system that we're in. Yes. Yeah, so as always, that link is going to be in the description of this episode. So, shall we jump into today's movie? Yeah, let's talk about it. This week, we watched a very, very important, I would say, I probably watched it in high school. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I watched it in middle school, but it is like a middle school coming of age classic tale. I encourage everyone to see this movie. We watched the 2004 classic Sleepover. And let me tell you, this cast is so stacked, it actually blows my mind. Literally star-studded. So in case you're a little bit unfamiliar, just need a refresher, this is a brief, brief, brief summary of the movie. On the last day of eighth grade before their freshman year of high school, Julie Corky has a slumber party with three best friends. As a quartet, they end up having the adventure of their lives. Yeah, so Julie is played by Alexa Pena Vega, formerly Alexa Vega from Spy Kids fame. We have Sarah Paxton. We got Evan Peters, Academy Award winning actress Brie Larson. Still insane to me. Yeah. Jane Lynch, Steve Carell. Like, it's insane. The casting director, like, knew what was going to be up later on in life. Mm -hmm. That casting director should have won an award of some sort. Yeah, honestly, whoever it was, you were robbed. I'm sorry. Yeah, it was a super springboard for a lot of actors, which I think only adds to the value of the movie. Like, mm -hmm. I think it was incredibly well casted and well acted. I'm getting defensive because in our in our studies, in our research, Christina and I realized that this movie gets like shot on constantly. Yeah, if you ever want your blood to boil, just go and read the fucking crazy reviews that all these old men have left Literal on the sleepover Rotten men. Tomatoes page. And I'm like not an ageist. I'm just saying that these people clearly have no capacity to watch a movie that isn't like catered toward their perspective. Yeah. It's, I think it has like a 15% on Rotten Tomatoes, which like blows my mind because this movie is so good. I agree. I agree. I had a blast watching it. Yeah, I loved this movie when I was in middle school and in high school, honestly. My friends and I used to watch it a lot. And I just thought that Alexa Vega was like the coolest person I had ever seen in my entire life. Like I loved her ever since Spy Kids. Like my old dog, my childhood dog was named after her character in Spy Kids. Because my brother and I were like, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, and we were like, oh, if it's a boy, we'll name it Junie, and if it's a girl, we'll name it Carmen, and she was a girl, so it was Carmen. Spy Kids was very special. It was oh, yeah. so, I remember even at the time being like, this movie kind of like sucks, but in a way that is just like, I can't, I want to watch it like all the time. Yeah, I think like two or maybe three years ago, me and Cameron and Eliana, who are two of our friends, watched like the entire Spy Kids series. How many movies are there altogether? There's four, but the fourth one is not canon in my mind because it's with different kids and oh. different parents. Yeah, it's like not nearly as good and the humor is just like not on par with the spy kids that we know. But I cannot believe that Steve Buscemi line in the second one where he's like, do you think God stays in heaven because he, li he too lives in fear of what he created? And I'm like, this is a fucking spy kids movie. Oh my god. Yeah. 
I remember the second movie, I think, when Junie is like MIA and his mm-hmm. sister, doesn't he have to go get his sister or is the second one where his sister is under like comatose in a video game? That's the third one. The third one is the video game. The second one is where they go to the island that has all of like the like dinosaur like What's the creatures. First one? The first one is like where the parents get abducted by I want to say Mr. Floop, but I don't know if that's his name. Alan Cummings um, character. Yes. And they're like being held prisoner mm-hmm. and there's like the cl- they're making they're cloning the kids to make them like killer robot machines. Yeah, and it's like a government conspiracy. Yeah, I loved her in Spy Kids, especially because I love whenever I see, like, a Latin queen on screen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it was just, yeah. like, pop off. Like, hell yeah. Like, let's pop, let's mm-hmm. freaking go. I'm in it. I'm locked in. <laughs> but then she got married to Carlos from Big Time Rush, who <laughs> I could never marry because my brother's name is also Carlos. But I was like, are you? kidding me you would just steal my man right out from under me no respect and then i was googling them when we were researching this and i just want to say that they contributed to the maui housing crisis because they bought a home in maui and then they had to stand in front of a board and tell them that they wanted to turn it into a rental property and they were already like there are so many rental properties in this area like you're ruining the housing there because it's like getting gentrified and like no one's actually living there as a resident So I do think that is questionable. I think if Carlos Mm -hmm. married me, he would have never done that. Yeah. And from what we've seen from their YouTube page, which I feel like that's what they do full time now, Mm -hmm. they are currently quarantining in that Maui house. Um, And then there's just one last thing we're going to touch upon. Sarah Paxton has gone MIA. Literally, I feel like she's going to... I don't know. I feel like she's going to turn up like Amanda Bynes style and she's like, I have a lip ring now. Maybe. Well, she like she's still doing stuff, but I feel like it's been a long time since she's like been in a movie or done anything other than like a one episode role. Mm. And like she was like the it girl. She had like such a promising future ahead of her. And like what happened? Yeah. You kind of wonder when Brie Larson wins an Oscar and you're like, okay, but we just left Sarah Paxton in the dust. Yeah. We did her dirty. I feel like we as a society should have yeah propped her up a little more, you know? I agree with you. It's like what happened with JoJo, where we just like completely let her down. JoJo? Oh my god, yes. For a second I thought you meant JoJo as in like the Nickelodeon kids character with the pink. Oh my god, no. <laughs> I mean the the blonde ponytail, like she used to be on Dance Moms. JoJo Siwa? It's insane that she catapulted to stardom because I always was like, Maddie Ziegler is going to be, she also is like doing stuff, but Mm -hmm. JoJo really just came in, came out the cut and was like, I'm going to be famous in the eyes of many children. Yeah, I never knew who she was until like, like maybe two years ago, I was babysitting for this family and the son really liked watching lip sync battles. And there's like a kid's version. I think it's like lip sync minis or something Mm -hmm. like that. And Jojo Siwa was the host. And I was like, who the fuck is this person? Why is everyone like freaking out about her? And why is she dressed like that? Dude, I loved watching Dance Moms, like coming home from a long day of like school. And like I went to an art school, so we'd get out at 5 p.m. And then sometimes I would have rehearsal after even. But I'm like... One thing I can count on is watching a nice fucking episode of Dance Moms and just like letting my brain melt. Yeah. Like it provided everything I needed. I was like, I'm a lover of the arts. I'm a lover of drama. <laughs> it's truly the perfect storm. But Abby Lee's in jail now. No, I don't know if she's in jail like physically, but she did get charged with some stuff. Yeah, I, I couldn't tell you. But I digress. Christina, would you like to dive right in? Yeah, we're going to go head first. The opening scene of this movie is just like exposition, exposition. Like this is everything that's happening. 
So it's the last day of middle school. Alexa Vega, whose character's name is Julie, is talking to her best friend, Hannah, who is moving to Vancouver. Shout out, Canada. And um, there's a lot of just like anxiety about being a friendless loser in high school. There's a lot of chaos in the halls. Everyone's like running around, super excited for summer break. And we meet Mr. Corrado, who's their English teacher. And like, honestly, my my dream man. (laughs) I no one is surprised. I cannot stand here now. You're literally him. giggling. I like. I'm like blushing just thinking about this man. It's really upsetting. This man, Mr. Carrado, is like Christina's. Like he's my dream man. I'm like you have 100% gone on dates with men that look exactly like him. I'm like you <laughs> exactly. might have gone on a date with him. It is very possible that I have like gone on a date with this man before. And I was googling him and I'm pretty sure that like the outfit that he was wearing in the movie in like the club scene which we'll talk about later on is being auctioned off or being sold because there's oh like gosh. pictures of it on Google. I didn't click on it, so I could be wrong, mm-hmm. but I'm like, ooh, Mr. Carrado's like suit jacket and red tie. That's Maybe so throw funny. A in. <laughs> you like get a boyfriend and you're like, you have to wear this constantly. This is your outfit. You got to get the glasses. You got to do the hair. Yeah. Yes. So the big, the big tea, the big event. It's not the tea. It's the whatever. You know what I'm saying? Julie is having a sleepover for her birthday party. But Liz, so this is Brie Larson's character, the resident, popular, mean girl. I'm going to insult you in the hallway is also mm-hmm. having a sleepover that night, which means that now popular girl, so she used to be a loser like Julie, and now she's like in the clique. This is played by Sarah Paxton. Her name is Stacy. Stacy's going to Liz, aka Brie Larson's sleepover instead. It's almost like she knew she was going to be a future Academy Award winner. She wants, she's a clout chaser. That's what yeah. her character is. So we're still in the hallway, still talking about the sleepover. When Liz just like really fat shames this girl, Yancey, their classmate. The nerve. The nerve. Yeah. I don't even, what did she say? Do you remember? She says, oh, like, Yancey, my dad's a lawyer. And she's like, okay. And she's like, yeah, maybe he can help you sue the diet pill company because obviously it didn't work for you or something what? like horrible. A horrible like that. thing to say to someone in eighth grade. Like, that's and, like, completely the shit- unprompted. Yes. So that was like pretty wild, but Julie sees what happened and now she has an extra spot at her sleepover. So she invites Yancey, but Nancy, Yancey, so this is Yancey with a Y. <laughs> um, Yancey doesn't know that she was like a plan B, but she's really stoked and happy to go to the sleepover. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a good time. Yeah. So then we meet Evan Peters. His character does not have a name in this movie. The only thing they refer to him as is SpongeBob. So if you hear us say either SpongeBob or Evan Peters, that's who we're talking about. Mm -hmm. So he is like a skater boy. He's got like six headbands on, like under his helmet. The choices Um, are fashion. He's dedicated to fashion. And like he's super like dorky, exactly what you think of like a 13-year-old boy, essentially. And he has his two like skater boy best friends. As I was watching this... I, like, couldn't help but think about um, his character on, like, American Horror Story Freak Show because in Sleepover, he's, like, just so, you know, nerdy and he makes a lot of choices, like, physical (laughs) choices, uh, like, sound, like, the way he decides to have his character, like, talk and stuff. I'm like, this is so odd. And in American Horror Story Freak Show, he's in a circus and he has... He was, like, born with hands that were fused. They look like lobster claws almost, and so they call him, like, Lobster Boy. But the the crazy thing is, like, women would go, I'm, like, whispering, women would go to the freak show because they were stressed and would go into the tent with him, and he would give them an orgasm with his lobster hand. And then they would come out, and all the women were like, ah. Oh. I feel so, like, relaxed now. It's a whole plot line Uh, in American Horror Story. That is so wild. I have only ever seen a couple episodes, but what I have seen has always been just, like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah, their minds are twisted. This is the same person who did The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Isn't it Ryan Murphy? Who am I thinking of, then? I don't know. I just know that, yeah, because American Horror Story is Ryan Murphy. I'm thinking of Roberto Aguirre Sacasa. 
don't know who that is. Oh, you know what he did? It was Glee, Big Love, Riverdale, and The Chilling Adventures mm. of Sabrina. Gotcha. So after we meet all of our like main players of the kids, um, it's after school and Julie and Hannah are like walking down the street and um, Stacy like is in this convertible with this dude who literally looks like he's 21, 22 years old. And she's like, oh, hey, Jules, like can't make it to your sleepover. I'm going to the dance. Turns out she's going to the high school dance mm. with a high school boy. Sounds illegal. Yeah, it's like kind of gross because I'm assuming this kid is what, like a junior and he's dating like a freshly 14 year old. It's a little, it's a bit much for me. I'm not liking it. Yeah. And like, you know, they talk a little bit about how like Stacy, Julie and Hannah all used to be best friends before Stacy got popular. And it's like big, like Lizzie, Miranda, Kate vibes from Lizzie McGuire. Yeah. I feel like there's a lot of parallels there. Definitely. You have the three best friends situation where one of the mm-hmm. friends became popular. Julie is really bummed about Hannah moving and being alone next year. But we're also like, you invited two other girls to your sleepover. Like, you can make friends. Like, it's not like she's never really advertised as the biggest loser in school. Mm-hmm. It's more like she just isn't popular you know she's not at the like the bottom of like a totem pole or whatever but she's gonna like miss her best friend she's gonna feel kind of misguided right Mm -hmm. so they're talking about the future and they walk past the high school and admire the big fountain whatever the prime high school lunch spot is next to the fountain this is like the it crowd your high school career will be like sparkly and shiny if you sit next to the fountain (laughs) when out of nowhere steve phillips rides in on a skateboard and fully clears the fountain if you skateboard you know how insane that jump would be we're talking about like how tall is this fountain like four feet five feet maybe i don't know Mm -hmm. how tall it is with the water but I was like, I don't even know if this could physically happen. Yeah, you would need a ramp because it's not like he like, goes downstairs and goes over. It's like flat ground and he like yeah jumps over this like six foot fountain. I was shocked. Yeah. So this is when we're introduced to Steve Phillips' character. Julie is in love with him. And I don't know who said Steve is so plush though. Was it Hannah? It was Julie. It was Julie. Yeah. I love that plush. Why don't we use that? Let's bring it back. Mr. Corrado is so plush. (laughs) Mr. Corrado is the plushest man that I've ever seen in my entire life. So yeah, after this, we get to Julie's house. This is like the biggest surprise of the movie. Yeah, Julie's mom is played by Jane Lynch. And I'm sorry, I cannot see her as anything other than like Sue Sylvester or a lesbian woman. Like, I just, I'm having a really hard time. But yeah, she's the mom and she's very invested in her daughter's life. She like bought a bunch of ladybug party favors for the birthday. And Julie is like absolutely horrified. She's like, mom, I'm not a kid anymore. I'm 14. And Jane Lynch is like, you know, maybe I should stay home to supervise. But Julie like shuts that down immediately. And then we learn what the house rules are for the sleepover. So the rules are no leaving the house, no boys, and no damaging important stuff. And if Julie breaks any of these rules, then she's not allowed to go on the family trip to Hawaii. Yeah, it's pretty intense. I'm like, I guess I can see in middle school, like, not being allowed to fuck around and, like, cause trouble, but you gotta let go of the death grip, mom. Yeah, very overbearing mother. Mm -hmm. We're also introduced to Ren, Julie's brother. This is the definition of a 2020 fail son. He, I mean, I can't, I feel like I'm gonna get canceled for calling him a fail son, (laughs) but he dropped out of college, which is not a big deal, but he literally like has no other plans. He's just like wavering Mm -hmm. in the wind. And he also got his car repossessed, which doesn't make sense to me because they seem like a really affluent family. So I'm mm-hmm. like, you were were you paying for the car yourself? And you were just like, now it's repossessed. And your parents were like, that really sucks for you, bro. Yeah, they just were kind of like, well, he's back home and he's floundering. Yeah. That's about it. <laughs> it's never even really addressed by the parents. They're just like, yeah, he's he dropped mm-hmm. out of college. And Yep. All right. So then we pop over to Julie's bedroom. And just to be clear, Ty Pennington did the decorating for this bedroom on Extreme Home Makeover. Julie said, I like butterflies one time. And he said, I'm going to go wild with that. 
It's super like colorful, like stuff is painted on the walls. Like I want to say there's like a ton of um, Polaroid photos and stuff like that. And I don't remember who comes in, like someone barges into the room or something like that. I think Ren comes in asking for money. Okay, there you go. And she says, I am blooming. I need a lock on my door. I never understood like this thing. I feel like you see in a lot of these like early 2000s movies, like in Freaky Friday, where like the kids aren't, don't have locks on their doors or they like don't have doors or like something crazy like that. Yeah. I always had a lock on my door. I always had one too. But I remember distinctly if I got mad and I locked myself in my room, my parents would get pissed. They would be so pissed off. They'd be like, you better open this fucking door right now. Yeah. Same. So I guess it's like that, but I could see someone, like my house is built with a lock on the door, but I could Mm -hmm. see someone being like, I want the lock if it wasn't there. And the parent just being like, fuck no, you're you're (laughs) high off your ass if you think that I will give you a lock. Yeah. Okay. And then a final introduction. Um, We cut to Julie's dad. He is currently trying to figure out how to replace the water filtration system. Julie's dad is really made. He's super nice, but he is made to look like an idiot. In fact, Mm -hmm. so far, all of the men in this movie have been portrayed as idiots. Like Evan Peters' character, Julie's brother, Julie's dad, they're all like super bumbling, which I think is kind of entertaining. Yeah, it's it's a refreshing change. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, so Jane Lynch is going out for the night and her friend comes to pick her up. She's probably having an affair with this woman, honestly. 100%. And then the girls arrive for the sleepover. So we have this like whole montage and there's like dancing and they're doing manicures and putting on makeup. Um, Yancey puts on like fake tan. They do the frozen bra. They do like pedicures with white out as nail polish, which I remember I doing. <laughs> yeah. And like they're playing dress up. Meanwhile, Stacy is waiting to be picked up for the dance. So she's waiting outside. He has the audacity, I guess, to ask her to stand outside as opposed to ringing her doorbell. So Stacy's crusty ass high school boyfriend finally gets there super late and he's wearing a gross tank top. Blech. Then he tells her he doesn't want to go and instead drives her to a park, tries to hook up with her, says that she promised they would hook up after she graduated. But Stacy's like, fuck no, I don't want to hook up with you. Like, you're being super annoying and I don't want you to touch me. So he breaks up with her like a douchebag, which I think we all saw coming, but whatever. Trash. He's literally a garbage man. He says, did you forget who I am? And she says, a second string quarterback on the junior varsity. So this guy isn't even worth a penny. And he he drives off. That's when Stacy calls Liz saying she can't get them into the dance, but she has a new plan. Start making a list. Cut to Steve Carell. (laughs) It absolutely blows my mind that he was in this movie. So Steve Carell plays a patrol tech officer, which like, I guess is like a, like community policing thing or like, he's like a mall cop. I don't know. I think it's like a -a rent-a-cop, like a security company maybe. Yeah. Either way, abolish the police. We want no part of it. So... The girls order some pizzas, obviously it's a sleepover. I don't know why, but they order five pizzas. There's only four girls. I'm like, eat as much as you want, pop off, but this is a waste of food. This is food waste. This is not environmentalist. Yeah. So yeah, Steve Carell, the rent-a-cop, he's like the new rent-a-cop for their zip code. He rings the doorbell because he's checking out a noise complaint and he tells the girls that they have to keep it down and like Julie's holding a Coke in her hand and he like grabs it from her and like smells it and like takes a sip to make sure it's not alcohol and then like spits it back in the can and hands it back to her disgusting disgusting (laughs) just a little swish swish i'm like you're not sampling wine honey this is gross (laughs) you don't even have like a jurisdiction yeah then the plot thickens stacy shows up to julie's house and says she and Todd, you know, hooked up, but they decided not to, to go to the dance, blah, blah, blah. Stacy's lying. So then Stacy says that Liz's party has set up a little scavenger hunt for both parties. 
And then Stacy makes fun of Yancey because she like used a fake tan and it turned her face orange. It is a rough day to be Yancey. Yancey is really like the punching bag. Yeah, it's like, why is everyone so mean to Yancey? She's so freaking nice. She's so kind. Yeah. And then, so they video call Liz's party in and like, they're like, oh my gosh, we just gave each other matching songs. And like, I don't know, I was like not. I was not cool in school by any means, but, like, I did not wear thongs, even in high school, let alone middle school. Like, this, like, blew my mind when I was a kid. Yeah, I'm wondering if it's because um, Liz was held back a year, so she's, like, a little older, and she's an older sister. I feel like if you had an older sister, you got to Mm -hmm. do, like, cool shit like that. Yeah. Because the older sister would be like, here, okay? I'm, I'm going to need to teach you a thing or two about a thing or two. Yeah, my mom was, like, anti-thong, so I didn't wear them until I, like, got to college. Because I'm a fucking dork. Oh, my. Well, you also had, like, a vintage style, so you'd be like, yeah. why do I Why do I need the thong to wear my yeah. cute vintage <laughs> clothes? You're, like, you're, like, good yeah. to go. So, Stacy prints out the list. I miss the days of an in-bedroom printer. Mm, it was like luxury. opulence, okay? <laughs> so first thing is to dress a window mannequin at Old Navy in your own clothes. The second is to have a guy from datesafe.com, oh, lol, buy you a drink at the Cosmo Club, get a security decal off of a patrol tech car, and borrow a pair of Steve Phillips boxer shorts. They decide whoever wins this hunt wins the fountain lunch spot, and the losers are going to eat at the dumpsters for all four years of high school. This is going to make or break their high school careers. So the game is on. So naturally, Julie is like freaked the fuck out, but Hannah comes in, like gives her a pep talk, and this... I, like, can't even say girl, this woman, because she has, like, the confidence of a woman in her 30s. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she convinces Julie to, like, do it so that, like, she can have a good time in high school. But they need help so that they can get out of the house. So they approach Ren, whose room has, like, been turned into a yoga studio and a craft room since he, since he went to college. And they offer him $50 to cover for them. And, like, Ren is really going through it right now, but he agrees. So first thing they do is log on to datesafe.com so they can get a really super safe date. Just a super duper safe date. The site looks like it was made in HTML5. Like literally a kid could have (laughs) designed this website. But there's like this banner on it that says police approved. And they like super emphasize how (laughs) safe it is, I guess, for like the benefit of any parents watching with their kids maybe but they make yeah. a fake profile for a girl named june she's 57 brunette a swimsuit model turns out julie is going to pretend to be june and julie is fucking shook someone says the net rocks which really <laughs> i just think is so funny and yeah. they get a match it's dave he's handsome he likes reading hiking cliff diving and sunsets So they set up a date. I'm just now realizing, like, there are no pictures involved in datesafe.com. Yeah. How safe could it possibly be that these, like, 13, 14-year-old girls were able to make an account and have it up and running and get a match within, like, 30 seconds with no verification about their identity whatsoever? Yeah. I totally agree. I'm like, okay. So I guess it's just nothing like what we do now, which is basically picking someone exclusively off of the picture yeah so liz pulls up in her fucking beamer to pick up stacy because she's because stacy's gonna be on their team and liz has a car and she can drive because she was held back a year and julie's like oh we're screwed like we don't have a car and like they're in middle school nobody should be driving and also isn't it like if you have your learners you can only drive if there's like a licensed driver in the car as well? 100 percent yes yeah so i you might not have known it because we haven't mentioned her name at all but there is a fourth girl so it's julie her best friend hannah who's moving to vancouver yancy the punching bag 
And Farah. Okay. So Farah gives Julie a makeover. She comes out wearing her mom's like red dress. And Farah is like, I'm going to recreate this, like literally ripping off the sleeves. And she does not look 21, but maybe a young 18. They sneak out of the house by doing the very classic, like, I'm going to grapple down some like sort of plant structure. Like sometimes it's like vines on like a terrace, like by the window. But this time it's a pergola covered in roses. It's incredibly unsteady. It looks like it was built with toothpicks, um, but they make it down except for Julie who gets her heel stuck and falls through, but her friends help her and they're off. They're ready to go. And that's when SpongeBob pulls up to the house with his cronies. Yeah. So then they have to get a car. So they go to Yancey's garage and they pick up this like electric smart car that her dad has. And her dad said that she can use it for emergencies, which, you know, obviously this is. So they all like pile in like a clown car. This is like super illegal for so many different reasons. Yeah. The clown car is electric. And at this point, I just want to question, is Yancey Elon Musk's daughter? That's just a some yeah. food for thought, okay? Meanwhile, back at the house, Ren is making a Play-Doh food with his dog, brother. What? He's not even watching, like, TV. He's not even on his computer. He's doing an analog activity with his dog. So when the skater boys sneak in through Julie's window, they find her underwear. They're, like, so stoked to find her bra in um, her underwear drawer. And I just want to say that this moment will probably haunt them in many wet dreams to come. So Ren comes in and points out that something's missing. Brother, the girls have left. This is when we get a really beautiful quote from Evan Peters, very well-renowned actor. Where are the babes? And then his friend says, this diary raids skeeve. And I'm just like, the rhetoric. The rhetoric right now is through the roof. <clears throat> At this moment, he ends up knocking over a jewelry box and it hits the ground. Yes, yeah, so then the dad starts to like go upstairs to check on them and he opens the door and finds like these four girls in wigs like dancing to wannabe and then like the camera flips and you see that it's the boys like in these wigs dancing around. And like honestly, the scene still makes me laugh to this day. I think it's so fucking funny. And then the boys find the scavenger hunt list on Julie's computer and decide that they're going to join in and, like, go find the girls. Yes. We get another beautiful printer moment. Just to, in case you forgot, confirm how much better it was to have a printer in your mother freaking bedroom. Yeah. Get printers in your bedrooms, okay? It was always the nips, the tits, the lickety, the lickety lick, okay? I remember in college having a printer in my bedroom Everyone wanted to use that printer. It was a great time. Moving along. The girls are outside on the move when a guy in the car next to them waves at Farah. She's like, oh my god, the guy just waved at me. But Yancey says, guys never wave at her because she's fat. Yancey, no! And Yancey also talks about the time that Stacy and Liz called her fat. And this is so traumatic. They make her stand on a scale in the gym locker room with everyone around and like make her weigh herself in front of everyone. But Hannah, with her amazing 13, 14-year-old wisdom, gives Yancey some advice. She asks her if she'd rather eat celery or a brownie. And Yancey thinks it might be like a trick question at first, but Hannah's like, no, you'll just date guys who like brownies. Yeah, so after that, um, they go to Old Navy and they get to the first item on the list, which is to dress an Old Navy mannequin in their own clothes. So the girls run into Liz and Stacy, who locked like the female display case. So then the girls have to dress the male mannequins. And there's like frantic energy. They're like running around like crazy. And patrol tech man Steve Carell is there eating a pretzel and he keeps like turning back to look at them and, like, almost catching them. So there's, like, a freeze frame, like, statues situation. Ooh, I love it. Yeah. And then he eventually does catch them and, like, busts into the display case and, like, 
tries to tackle a mannequin, but then they escape and they lock him in the display window. Steve Crowell, Patrol Tech Supreme, is foiled once again. So back at the house, Dad gets the pizza delivery and he's about to bring them upstairs, but Ren intercepts Dad and Julie calls the house. Ren gives her an update, but he ups his deal um, and says that she has to do his laundry for a month. So Julie agrees as long as he makes the pizza, you know, disappear. Dad's water filtration system is not going well. He pours out a little bit of it. And guys, I'm talking nasty ass, chocolate milk ass looking water. Opaque. It's opaque. Okay. (laughs) So Ren um, brings all the pizza upstairs. He's like, I guess, you know, we could throw it out or we could eat it until we are literally just on the verge of death and we are so sick to our stomachs. And that's what they decide to do. They really ravage that pizza. It's quite a moment in the movie. Mm-hmm. So back to DeClerb. Everyone's getting tips. Um, no, they're not. They can't. Well, Stacy and Liz get in super easily. I don't know how, but sure. And then the girls try to get in when Evan Peters, a.k.a. SpongeBob, and his cronies try to crash the party. Um, and they are absolutely denied because they are children and they look like children. That's when Hannah gets an idea to sneak themselves in through an instrument case. So Stacy and Liz get their picks and drinks with their guys. So Julie and Hannah are like looking around for their date and they actually see Mr. Corrado, my husband, at the club. And uh, it turns out that he is actually Julie's date. And honestly, he is so freaking cute. I, I can't get over it. And... You know, Julie sees him and, like, immediately turns away. And so he's like, oh, like, June, like, it's you. And he's, like, worried that she's, like, disappointed in his appearance. And I'm just like, oh, my God. I literally I literally love you so much. So, like, Julie puts on sunglasses so that he doesn't recognize her. And then they go to the bar and she orders a chunky monkey because she's 14. And Hannah texts her and is like, order a sex on the beach. So they're, like, talking a little bit, and then he, like, actually recognizes her and is absolutely shook. And I'm like, truly, how safe can date safe be? Brother, Mr. Carano is having brain damage right now. Yeah. I can't even imagine. He's probably, what, like, 29? You go on a date. You're super excited. I think he might even be a little younger, like, 26. Yeah. He's pretty young looking. And, like, you go to a club on a first date. You're super excited. And it's your fucking 14-year-old student. Awful. Awful. Yeah. But, Mr. Corrado, I would literally date you in a New York minute, so hit me up. So, he's shook. He's like, why are you here? What is happening? And they tell him about the scavenger hunt and that all of this is for the fountain lunch spot. And he's like, I understand. Because it wasn't that long ago that he was in high school and he went there and he knows the importance of the lunch spot. So he buys them both ginger ales and Hannah asks to add olives to make them cosmopolitan. And I'm like, that's disgusting. That was honestly a gross request. And I love olives, but don't put them in ginger ale. Yeah, not a good look. Somehow SpongeBob also gets into the club, zooming also through the instrument case. And he sees Stacy and asks her to dance, but she rejects him. Be careful who you're mean to in middle school because Evan Peters... He's famous now, and we don't even know what happened to Sarah Paxton, okay? (laughs) Meanwhile, Yancey is outside of the club, and a stage tech guy, who who, he is actually younger. He's around 15. He does look around Yancey's age. Starts flirting with her, and he's so cute. He seems like a real sweetie, Mm -hmm. and she's actually confused why he's talking to her. She's like, do you need help with something? Like, can I help you? (laughs) But it's because he likes her. Yancey. Yeah, she, like, mentioned she's like, oh, like, guys don't usually talk to me unless they, like, ask me to hold the door open for them. And I'm like, oh, my God. Men are such disappointments. Such disappointments. Yeah, but it's just, like, really nice to see this cute little flirty moment with this dude who's, like, very into her. And he's, like, says that she's pretty. And I'm like, ah, Yancey, you deserve it. So back inside the club, Julie gets her picture with Mr. Corrado, and I'm like, low-key, Mr. Corrado, this picture could end up somewhere and make you look, it could be very incriminating. Oh, it could be really incriminating. Oh, my God. Yeah. But Hannah gives him, like, some fashion advice. They, like, 
mess up his hair and loosen his tie. And immediate results, a woman sees him and asks him to dance. So things are looking up for my husband, except for the fact that it's not me. Yeah, should have been me. Out of the blue, we get a peek. Guess who else? Is at the club. Lesbian number one, Jane Lynch. Okay. She's like up on a platform, shaking her butt. Hannah and Julie see her and they're like, we have to get out immediately. And they skedaddle, they leave. But Julie drops her scarf. And that scarf is actually her mother's scarf. And her mom sees the scarf on the ground. And she's like, this is sus. So now she's like on a mission to catch Julie. And Julie has to get home to answer the phone. Luckily for Julie, there is no cell service in the club. So Jane Lynch has to wait by the bathroom payphone. And that is occupied by this random girl who apparently just went to the club to talk on the phone for like two hours. Yeah, so Julie has to get home, but their car is like blocked in. So she takes Evan Peters' skateboard and like rides home. And it's honestly like super cool like she does all these tricks yeah she's like absolutely shredding it and so she's like riding down the street and driving in his car is steve phillips and his friend and he sees like julie ride past them and he is like shook to his core he like falls in love like i've never seen such a pure moment of like love at first sight as i have in this movie And, like, she does a sweet little kickflip and, like, skedaddles on home. Not necessary, but definitely aesthetically pleasing. Mm -hmm. So, finally, Jane Lynch, you know, gets through on the line. And Julie's dad has had zero success with his home improvement project. In fact, he has truly disimproved the home. There's a hole in the (laughs) ceiling. But he picks up the phone. So, Julie does make it home but the rose archway, pergola, whatever, is absolutely destroyed. So she had to sneak in by a shishishipisha. She had to sneak in through a very strategically placed ladder, and she barely makes it in time to her room, but she finally gets there. And she has the audacity, after clearly breaking every single freaking rule, to be like, Mom, why don't you just freeze me in a time capsule? That way I can stay little forever. And I was like, oh, strong, strong, Julie. The sass. So the girls come and pick Julie up from the house and they drive to Steve Phillips' house for the next item on the list, which is his boxers. But a wrench is thrown into the plans when the electric car needs to be charged, stat. And Julie wants to like chicken out But Hannah, once again, gets her to woman up. Hannah is really the catalyst. She is um, the leader. You think that Julie would be the leader because she is the star of the movie, but no. I feel like it's Hannah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Liz and Stacy steal boxers from Steve's gym bag in his Jeep, which I'm like, sounds easy. Instead, Julie scales the wall of his fence (laughs) to sneak into his house. And steal the underwear. And Liz totally sets her up for failure because she reports a suspicious person to patrol tech. I bet Liz loves calling the police. She's like a classic Karen calling the police behavior. Yeah, the worst. So Steve Phillips and his friend are like walking around his house. So like Julie has to sneak around. And um, Steve is actually looking through a yearbook because he wants to find the girl on the skateboard. And he finds Julie and he was like, oh, yeah, like she was on our grade school bus. Like, and he says she grew up nice. He's like reading her description in the yearbook and it says that she likes basketball, skateboarding and hot dogs. And he's like, oh, my God, it is my dream woman. (laughs) Your dream woman is like your bros. You're like, yeah, I want a woman just like one of my bros that I can think about him. Yeah, it's like the it's like the cool girl trope where it's like all of the personality traits and likes of a male but with like the feminine aesthetic. Yeah, it's very much like a she's not like the other girls moment and he is dead set on like finding Julie. Yeah, little does he know Julie is in his house with him um <laughs> hiding in his shower and Steve turns on the shower to get ready. 
Julie is in fact watching him undress, shocked that one would do that, but also shocked because this movie is rated PG. Yeah, so while that's happening, the girls push the car to get it to a plug, but it like rolls down a hill and hits uh, Steve Carell's patrol tech car. So Steve Phillips runs outside to like see what's happening because of like the noise and the commotion. And Julie grabs his boxers and sneaks out of the house. Mm. Unfortunately, patrol tech man sees Julie sneaking out of the house and he brings her over to where he is, starts questioning her. The girls fortunately get the car to a plug out of sight and the skater boys show up again. Meanwhile, Liz wants to go to the dance, but Stacy is evasive, definitely because she doesn't want to see Todd. But eventually, you know, she agrees to go to the dance. Yeah, so Patrol Tech Man calls Julie's house and he's like, yes, is this her father? And then he passes the phone to Julie. But luckily, Ren, who was like dancing in heels when the phone rang, has intercepted the call and he demands $50 monthly for the next six months. And Julie's like, no, encounters with three. Her confidence is just like skyrocketing through this movie. You truly love to see it. And Ren is like genuinely very impressed with her negotiation skills. Yeah, Julie wants to win. She didn't even want to, you know, play this game, and now she's in it to win it. So she's off the hook. The girls pull up, and Julie grabs the patrol tech decal before jumping into the car and driving off. Patrol tech man is left stuck at the scene because Evan Peters let the air out of his tires. We love a little hero in multiple sweatbands. The popular girls stopped for juicers because they thought they would win no matter what. They thought, like, Julie was apprehended. But now they're about to lose. There's a little high-speed chase to the high school a la a Cinderella story. Fast and Furious could never. So they get to the high school. It's a tie. They both got all the things on the list. So they decide that the tiebreaker is that they have to get either the king or queen's crown. And while they're in the parking lot, they notice that Todd's car is there and like Stacy is humiliated. Yeah, poor Stacy. I mean, she definitely made mistakes, but I feel bad for her too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I remember like being humiliated by guys in middle school. Like no one wants that. It's just like awful yeah. for your self-esteem. But mm-hmm. so they storm in ready to take over the dance. But how can you hate from outside of the club when you can't even get in? Okay. <laughs> so the girl at the door won't let them in, but Julie decides to give a super impassioned speech, begging the girl to let her in. And it's actually received well. The girl says, you go, get in there, do it for all those who never could. Personally, I would be pissed if a middle schooler talked to me like that, but it worked, okay? Yeah, so Evan Peters is in the dance, like living his best freaking life, <laughs> dancing up Dancing a on storm. booties, <laughs> working on people's faces. <laughs> Yeah, and then so Steve's friends are, like, trying to get him to dance, but he's just, like, thinking about Julie and how he wants to, like, be with her and talk to her. And this girl with, like, the classic, like, tiger-striped highlights asks Steve's friend to ask him if Steve will dance with her. And he, like, eventually agrees. And, of course, this is the exact moment that Julie sees him and she's bummed. And Hannah's like, maybe they just met, which they literally they did. This boy's did. thinking about you. Uh, she's like, oh, I don't know. So they see Todd making out with another girl. It turns out his plan all along was to hook up with Stacy and then go to the dance with his real girlfriend, which isn't explicitly said, but it's pretty clear. Um mm-hmm. Stacy is incredibly hurt and pissed and slaps him. And this girl, for whatever reason, it just like totally disregards the fact that Stacy says they were dating. Um, and she's like, I'm his girlfriend of six months. And they start pushing each other, and Stacy and this girl get into a fight. You hate to see it. It's about the guy, not each other. Stick together. The guy is the one who lied to both of you. Yeah. And like, Todd is like, oh, she's not worth it. And Evan defends Stacy. 
And he's like, Stacy is a prime goddess. And I, if I had a girl like Stacy, I would worship her. That's right, Evan. Yeah, Evan Peters always coming out on top in this movie. And um, Todd also reveals that him and Stacy never hooked up. And Stacy is once again humiliated. Poor Stace. She's having a rough moment, but things kind of start to turn around when she enters um, the dance contest with Evan Peters. She finally lets loose after she's had a stick up her butt the whole movie. And the girls enter the dance contest too, but they enter with each other because they don't need a freaking man for anything, okay? And a good time is had for all, except for shitty Todd and his girlfriend, who are terrible dancers, like flailing. It's so horrible to look at. Yeah. And then while he's dancing, Evan Peters drops the scavenger list and Steve like happens to be walking by and finds it. And then he sees Julie like across the room and she's dancing and he is like so excited. This boy is so smitten by this girl. I can't get over it. And then Stacy and Evan Peters are like super cute while they're dancing and they win the dance contest. Yeah. And he, yeah. And then he like shows her this picture of him in a coma and she's actually like really into it, but he decides he's going to replace his coma picture with his new picture with Stacy with them and their trophy. Aw, I love that. Outside of the dance, Farrah and Yancey are talking. Actually, they might be inside the dance. Either way. Yeah, they're inside. I'm thinking, I think I'm thinking of back at the club when they're outside. Mm. But Farrah and Yancey have a conversation and Farrah accidentally reveals that Julie could only invite three girls to her sleepover and Yancey was a replacement. So Yancey is obviously feeling really shitty right now. She walks away and the girls go to find Yancey just just as Steve is about to tap Julie on the shoulder and she doesn't see him. The cat and mouse game continues. Yeah, and so it turns out the like stage tech speaker moving guy from the club is actually at the dance because this was his next gig for the night. And he gets the band to dedicate a song to Yancey. <sighs> and it's like so cute. My heart. You freaking deserve this because you are nothing but kind to anybody. And this dude is nothing but kind to anybody. Mm. So both of the parties can't find the crowns, right? They're still trying to win this game. But now it's time to crown the king and queen. So Steve and some random girl named Jennifer win. Liz is bragging that Jennifer is her friend, like they cheered together or something, so they'll definitely be able to get the crown. But, y'all, Steve grabs the mic. He grabs the mic at the dance and is literally calling out, looking for Julie in the crowd. His sights are set. He's just like, I want one thing and one thing only. It's Julie Corky. Yeah, Julie is shocked. She can't believe eyes or her ears she's she's confused okay steve sees her and he's in love so he asks her to dance it's a shock i will say the weird thing about their relationship is that like he never questions anything he's like i see it i want it i got it (laughs) like it's never a question if he's going to date julie or like he's never like oh but she's like in middle school about to be a friend whatever there's just a lot to question i would say it happens very fast but yeah neither here nor there so they slow dance and he puts the crown on her head um saying that she wins and the girls won they won the lunch spot yeah stacy and liz are mad pissed but you know sucks to suck so after that like julie and steve walk over to the infamous fountain and she asks, like, how he knew about the scavenger hunt. And he says that he saw her boarding earlier that night. And he found the list on the ground. And he tells her that he really likes her. And they both lean in for a kiss. But in classic 2000s style, the cell phone rings. And it is Ren saying that she needs to get the fuck home right now because Jane Lynch is on her way back from the club. So... Julie has to run out of there, and Steve is obviously bummed. 
and they're like driving home. We have another high speed race and Julie accidentally drops the crown out of the car window and the patrol tech man like happens to be riding by on his bike and like trips up on it and he has to call his mom to pick him up. And he's like, I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. Steve Carell had a really tough night. I hope his next day is better. I hope he realizes that he doesn't need to be a policeman to be happy. Yeah. The girls climb the treehouse and decide to... This is insane because they can't climb up the way that they came in, right? Because the rose thing is broken. So they're like, we will climb up the treehouse and then I'm going to toss, okay, toss the rope to my brother who will catch it. And then they're going to climb across the rope ladder to get to the window. Insanity. So Julie's first. She has just no fear. She's not afraid of death anymore, I guess. And the whole fort is pulled towards the house. It crashes into the roof, leaving no damage on the roof, really. It's just like leaning there. Then her friends, you know, walk out onto the roof, go into the room. They're like, Julie, you know, like you're on the ground. Julie's like, I will sneak in. Don't worry about me. So she does manage to sneak in through a side door and she runs upstairs as the mom is just getting in. And we see like a really nice moment between the mom and dad because dad finally got, you know, the water filter installed correctly. And Jane Lynch, even though it's probably the same water, she's like, this is the best glass of water I've ever had. And Julie's like, I love that. I love that for them. Honestly, what this movie has taught me is sometimes lying is good. That's what I learned too. <laughs> a little yeah. a little couple lies here and there. The girls are finally all back in Julie's room and they rush to get into their sleeping bags to look like they've been there for hours. Classic fake sleeping when your parents enter the room moment. Yeah, I've done that many a time. So it's the next morning. The girls are like freaking exhausted, but the dad made pancakes. So that's good. And they all are downstairs. Also, Julie, by the way, has this like freaking blowout, essentially. Oh I'm my like, god, yeah. How, I saw that. How did your hair look so beautiful when you've slept for like five minutes and it's the morning? I don't know. But Ren reveals that he has decided he's gonna go back to college. The parents are stoked. He says he might have a promising career in surveillance, which that tracks. So the mom confronts Julie about leaving the house when she gets her pancakes and shows her the scarf she found as proof like she knew something is up or she knows that something happened last night. So Julie confesses. She doesn't really give a lot of details, but she says that they left the house, but it was necessary. And there's a really touching mother-daughter moment. Um, Jane is having a hard time letting her daughter grow up. It's very tender. And Jane gives her a lock her door kind of saying you know like i trust you i know you're getting older and you earned it you know you deserved it yeah so yancy and farah leave to go home and hannah has to leave because she has to go and finish packing for her big move and so julie and hannah have to say goodbye it's like really sad but hannah is like wise beyond her years gives her like some great advice and julie says you know wherever we sit that'll be the lunch spot and she knows it's, like, not about popularity anymore. It's about, like, the friends that she's made, which is great. And then they have, like, one last hug. And Hannah gives her, like, a selfie that they all took on the camera of them in, like, the clown car. It's very sweet. Yeah, it's a really nice moment. Julie goes back to her room. And she sees the crown that Steve Phillips gave her hanging on the old fort outside of her window. As she's reaching for the crown, she feels a hand on top of hers. It's Steve Phillips, and he puts the crown on her head and, you know, pulls her into the treehouse, and they have a little make-out session after breakfast. <sighs> it's like a dream come true. I want Steve Phillips to pop out of my treehouse. I never had a treehouse. Me neither. But yeah, a dream. He's so cute. Yeah, and then the final scene of the movie... They're in high school, and we see Stacy and Liz have to eat at the dumpsters with all the other quote-unquote losers, and, like, trash falls on them. And, you know, Stacy's freaking out, but Liz is completely unfazed. And, um, yeah, then that's the end of the movie. Beautiful. So, what are some of your final thoughts? Yeah, I have a lot of final thoughts, because I, I know I personally like the movie, so that's, like, one facet of, like, my own opinion, but... 
I also think this movie is really important for people to see. It's an honest coming of age movie where you can kind of like reflect on, yeah, maybe not everything I did was perfectly wholesome and I didn't follow the rules all the time, but I think it's like very honest. Yeah, you like fully watch somebody's confidence develop right in front of your eyes. Like the progression that Julie goes through throughout the entire movie is really incredible. And, you know, I think a lot of the fucking stupid people on Rotten Tomatoes keep being like, oh, like this movie is about like how the only thing that's important is being popular. But I'm like, no, if you actually watch the movie and have an eye for nuance, you would see that like Julie realizes that like it's not all about popularity and it's about like having friendships that you care about. And she says like, you know, wherever we sit, that'll be the spot because these societal things don't matter. What matters is like just being yourself and being confident and going after what you want. Yeah, definitely. And creating true friendships that aren't based off of like social structures, you just like genuinely care about each other, which I feel like is really important for women specifically because so many people are constantly telling women how to look and how to talk and like how to behave. So to have mm-hmm. people who are like surrounding you and don't judge you is like something that I wish I had learned like earlier on, like to make genuine mm-hmm. friends, not friends who are like secretly mean behind your back. Yeah. Yeah. Something that really pisses me off is like just because a young girl is the lead in a movie doesn't mean you should take that at face value and be like, oh, this is a chick flick or this is like going to be about something dumb. I don't want to watch it. If you negate the value of a young girl's perspective, like as a lead in a movie, there's more going on there than it being about whether a movie is good or bad as like a reflection of your values. Yeah, I feel like the perspective of like teenage girls or young girls is often like discredited or like cast away as stupid because anything that teenage girls like is immediately labeled as stupid. Like we were talking about this yesterday, how like One Direction has a lot of like really talented people in it and they actually had a lot of like really good pop music, but nobody would like who wasn't a teenage girl would give them a chance because they just saw the fan base and were like, oh, like this is dumb. But like now everyone's like oh harry styles is super talented and i'm like yeah he always has been he has all of these really amazing songs and like the other members too like their their solo music isn't my favorite but like they are all very talented but nobody everyone just slept on them because why because teenage girls liked them yeah yeah it's just like i wish that people would take teenage girls more seriously because like there's a lot of really compelling stories and I feel like that's changing a little bit like you see with like movies like Lady Bird or Booksmart like we're starting to see more people like actually take these narratives seriously but there's still a long way to go yeah I think it's just to kind of like pick it apart and like reflect I'm like why are people more obsessed with like Lady Bird than with a film like Sleepover and I think it's really because Lady Bird has dark aspects which, yeah, mm-hmm. maybe Sleepover is more on the wholesome side. Like, it doesn't get as dark or as, like, internal as Lady Bird. But I'm like, so we can't have, like, a happy teenage girl narrative being taken seriously just because it might be a little comedic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just implore people to open their minds and really consider. I would love if we had merch to have a shirt that says, <laughs> take teenage girls more seriously. Yeah, I think this movie is really great. I feel like it's totally slept on and everyone on Rotten Tomatoes is fucking stupid. I agree. There's like one four-star review, um, but I couldn't find the full review because it was like, it's an older movie. So yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Shall we, shall we give it a rating? Yeah. I think I'm going to rate this one an 8.5. I agree. It's not my absolute favorite movie, but I really, I just think that I would show it to my future spawn. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with an 8.5. I definitely think there's a lot of really good stuff in there. And it's also just like very funny. Like I was laughing throughout and I've seen it so many times. So I know what all the jokes are. But yeah, I think it's just like a really delightful movie to watch. Yes. You were talking to me about this yesterday. You said the measure of a truly great movie is like, can I watch it again and again? And I mm. would be happy to watch Sleepover every weekend. but. Yeah lighthouse okay yeah green book do i want to watch those movies every single week am i gonna watch the king's speech ever again in my life no am i gonna watch sleepover again absolutely 
But yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. Yeah, thank you. We hope that you are rating, reviewing, and subscribing. It really helps us out. It helps us so much. Please subscribe. <laughs> yeah, and if you if you feel so inclined and wanted to write us a little review on Apple Podcasts, please feel free. Go ahead. Yeah, We would love that. Thank you so much, guys. Yeah, you can follow us on Instagram at Movies That Raised Us. You can follow us on Twitter, MTRU underscore pod. You know, we're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, anywhere we're there. If you have any resources you think it would be important for us to post on our link tree, um, anything related to Black Lives Matter, please feel free to always message us. I get back to all the messages. Christina gets back to all the messages. We're pretty good about it. So, yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening to Movies That Raised Us. We are Mo and Christina, and our theme song is by Garrett Schmidt. Bye.